We thank you, Almighty God, for this wonderful Sabbath you've given us. We pray, Lord, that you may be with us even as we study your word. Speak to us in a personal way. And Lord, uh, I pray that you may give me the art of simplifying things so that your name may be glorified and may be a good steward in all things. This is my humble prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this is Stewardship Week and it, it, is, it is ending today. The topic that we are going to look at is this is how to be great. This is how to be what? This is how to be great. The question does not say, I'm not asking you whether you want to be great or not. The question, this statement assumes that all of us wants to be, all of us want to be great. And the truth is, in each and every heart, there is a longing for meaning. There is a longing in our hearts for meaning. There is a hole that is not satisfied. We are all looking for something which is beyond ourselves and above ourselves. So, um, this is how to be what? This is how to be great. Everyone has his own definition of being great. Some, their definition of being great is when they can play any instrument to the perfection. At any moment you play a, uh, an instrument to the perfection, you feel like the whole world is what? Should come and see how, how great you are. And others, even if they don't know anything, but they have this one. They have money. Uh, even your degrees and everything, put them away. That's their definition of what? Of greatness. So long as they have money, they are good to go. And others, it's leadership positions. The guy has money, has everything, but he's what? Because his definition of greatness is? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's his definition of success or, or greatness. So I know even you seated here, you have your own definition of greatness. Right now, I know your mind is not idle. You have a definition of what? Of greatness. But I want us to look at the Bible. Let's look at God's definition of greatness. This is how to be great. And all of us, in fact, those who say that they don't want to be great, those ones are the first in the fourth in the front line, who want to be great. They are leading from behind. All of us are longing for something which is beyond ourselves. We want to be great. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verse 24. Matthew, chapter 20, verse 24. Matthew 20, 24 says, And when the ten had it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. You can begin from verse 23. And he said unto them, Ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. From verse 21. And he said unto her, Wait, wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. So, 
This is a story that all of us know very well. The mother of Zebedee's children, who are they, John and? Went to Jesus, and his, this is what she, she did. Number one, she worshipped, and number two, she had something that she was desiring in her heart. And she said, grant that these my two sons may sit where? One on my left, on your left, and the other on what? I mean, we know it has been prophesied for a long time that the Messiah will come, and he is the king of the universe. So I'm requesting that my children may do what? One may sit to the right and the other on the So when the disciples of Jesus heard that in verse 24, what does the Bible say? They were not pleased with that saying. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. Because the brethren, the two brethren had sent their mama to do what? If you read carefully, Jesus asked a question there, and the two young men replied that we are able to do what? To drink from your cup. They answered. So their mama was there, the two young men were there, the disciples of Jesus. And uh, the ten disciples were not pleased with that saying. I know this is time for campaigns. Sindio? Yeah. So this is how to be what? This is how to be great. What did Jesus say? In verse 27 he says, And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be what? I, I don't have the best language to explain this, but in the few minutes that we'll be looking at the word of God, we shall look more on this. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be what? This is how to be great. Let me use this example. Do you remember the guy says, in, uh, it has been in WhatsApp statuses. Recessive working happy. Recessive working happy. Alafu, another guy, nani nani? Someone replies and, hey. So you remember that status? So imagine, I want you to look at this. I want you to imagine that status and what Jesus says. Jesus did not condemn the disciples for wanting to be what? Instead, he showed them how to be what? He said, whosoever wants to be great amongst you, let him be what? So Jesus was not against being great. Otherwise, we don't see him saying, hey. Jesus knows he's the, he's the creator. He knew that in every heart there is a longing for what? For greatness. And instead of him condemning the disciples, he said, this is how to be great. Whosoever amongst you wants to be great, let him be what? Let him be a servant. Whosoever amongst you who wants to be great, it's not bad to be, to be great. And he says, whosoever amongst you wants to be great, let him be a servant of all. Matthew 23 verse 11 says, and the greatest amongst you, the greatest amongst you, 
will be a servant. The greatest amongst you will be what? Will be a servant. Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Churchill spoke about Abraham in the book of Genesis. I want us to go to the book of Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. God promised Abraham that he'll make him great. He will make his name great. Are we there? Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of the country and from your kindred and from your father's house and to a land which I will show you. And I will make you what? And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. Do you know the reason why Abraham was made great? Do you know the reason why Abraham was made great? Let's go to verse 3. Verse 3, the last part says, Anyone who will, who will bless you will be blessed, and anyone who will curse you will be cursed. And in you, all the families of the what? All the families of the earth will be blessed. In Abraham, are we coming from families? Does your family fit in all families of the earth? Does your family, I'm now, I'm now personal, does your family fit here? Because the Bible says, not unless kizungu will change, and all does not mean all. change so that I change this summer. All means all, including all your families. Abraham was blessed because of your family. The reason why God made Abraham great was for the sake of your family. If it were not for your family, Abraham would have not been made great. This is how to be great. The blessings that we are given are not for our consumption. Only. But to be a blessing given to who? To others. That's why Jesus said, if you want to be if if anyone amongst you wants to be great, let him be a what? Let him be a servant. A servant is not ashamed of service. There is nothing humiliating in service. Elisha, we will not read because of time. Elisha, he was taken by Elijah from the plowing field. Alikuwa na lima, na plow. And Elijah went to him, akamambia abu, anatuende abu. Do you remember how Jesus used to call people? Yeah, Elijah went to Elisha in, in, in a similar manner. And Elisha left his plow and followed who? Do you know the work that Elisha was doing? Washing hands, the prophets. Because I can the prophets. Do you really see this work which he was doing? We don't know how long he worked for, like in that manner, but the Bible says... He was washing hands the prophets. And he did it so faithfully. And it came to a time when Elijah was leaving to heaven. And Elisha was asked, what will you request? Instead of saying riches, of staying anything, he said, I want your spirit, but twice as much. This is how to be what? 
so that he could serve. Do you remember Solomon? Instead of asking for riches and all those things, he asked for what? To do what? To serve. This is how to be great. If you'll use any formula, rest assured you'll fail. This is how to be great. When we are blessed, it is not for our own sake only. It is for others. Let's go to the book of Job chapter 1 verse 3. Job 1 3. So Abraham was blessed immensely. Immensely. He was a rich man. And those blessings, including the blessings of faith, the father of faith, were because of all of us, all our families. Job chapter 1 verse 3 says, His substance also was even thousand sheep, and three thousand camels, and five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred she asses, and very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all men of the This East. man was the greatest of all men where? This man was the greatest of all men of the East. Now let's go to Job chapter 31. Job 31, verse 25. Job 31:25. Job was the greatest of all people in the East. Talk about riches. He was the wealthiest. Uh, wealthiest. Wealthiest. And uh, are we there? Job 31, verse 25. Job 31:25. And because mine and because mine hand had gotten much, if I beheld the sun when it shined, or the moon walking in his in brightness, and my heart hath been secretly enticed, or my mouth hath kissed my hand, this yeah. also were This also were a what? An iniquity to be punished by the judge, for I should have denied the God that is above. When you begin from verse sixteen. Job says, if I have withheld the poor from their desire and have caused the eyes of the widow to fail, if I have eaten my bread alone, listen to what Job is saying, if I have eaten the bread of what? My, the bread of uh, mosel, mosel linini, the, the mosel myself alone and the fatherless have not eaten. Verse 18, for from my youth he was brought up with me as with a father. These are people who have no father, no. And I have guided her from her mother's womb. These are orphans. And he says, I have seen, if I have seen any perish for want of clothing, or any poor without covering. And then verse 21 says, if I have lifted up my hand against the fatherless, which I saw my help in the gate, then let my arm fall off my shoulder blade and my arm be broken from the bone. And then he says, if I have made gold my hope. If I have made what? Do you know this world people have made money to be their God and their hope? But Job says, if I have made gold my hope, and I have said to find gold, you are my confidence. But to be true, to be true not true, if you have money, let's say, for example, if you have one million in the bank or in your M-Pesa, will your working style change? Huh? Will your working style change? 
Unaanza kutembea left left. So imagine Job was so wealthy and he says he did not put his confidence in the money he had. If your confidence is in money, the moment that money goes, you are hopeless. Your hope is hopeless. Because now you are nothing. Your confidence was in what? And he says, verse 25, if I rejoiced because my wealth was what? Was great and because my hand had gotten much. And then he says, this was something that was to be punished by the judges. So where was Job's trust? The Bible says, Job said, even though you slay me, yet will I trust in who? Yet will I trust in God. This is how to be great. A certain rich man in the book of Matthew 19.22, Jesus told him to go and sell everything and give to the poor. Do you know what the man did? He walked away sad. He walked away sad. I'm, I'm, I'm just... He walked away sorrowful. Do you know what made him uh, sad? He was not willing to part ways with his confidence. He was not willing to part ways with his confidence, money. Jesus knew straight that the problem of this guy, he has put his greatness in what? In money. That's the definition of his greatness. And he went straight there and he told him, go and sell everything and give to the poor. Because that was the only remedy for this man. But this man walked away sorrowful. I'm not saying that you go and sell everything and give to the poor. This was to the young man. So just stay in tune. The sermon is continuing. Let's go to... Uh, no, I will not speak about this because of time. Let's go to... to let's see the greatness of God. Because if this is how to be great, then God must show us an example. If this is how to be great, then who should be at the forefront? God himself should show us how to be great. And do you know what, friends? Let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 3. Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 3. Say, Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. And upholding all things by what? The word of his power. And upholding. To uphold is to sustain. I used to think that God created the world and then left itself to run by itself. He ended to. He created But the Bible says he upholds all things by the word of what? Even as we speak, God upholds us. He sustains us. There is nothing in this universe that is alive and kicking without God. Is he not the servant of all? If he can provide for all the people in the universe. If he can provide and give oxygen and everything that is required for life. And imagine... He is able to do that for eternity. Do you know what eternity means? No end. He is the servant 
of all. He is the, and do you know what? His greatness cannot be exaggerated. He is too great that the, yesterday we said that in this universe, what the scientists recently have discovered is that we have over two trillion what? Approximately over two trillion galaxies. And, and uh, two trillion is not a big, uh, a small number, to be honest. To Kianza Sai, Kilam to answer to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Mpaka to fike one million. One million and one, one million and two, one million and three, one million and four, one million and ten, one million and fifteen, one million, Mpaka to fike two million. I love to end Mpaka to fike a hundred million. I love to end Mpaka to fike one billion. I love to end. One billion and one, one billion and two, one billion and three, one billion and four, mpaka one billion and five, mpaka two billion, mpaka to talk a billion to ingie five hundred billion, ndio to fike trillion, alafu to talk a trillion to fike what? Two trillion. Those are the number of galaxies up the sky. And that's an approximation that was made by the highest instrument, the Hubble telescope in US. It's an approximation. They don't have the best instrument ya kuangalia sawa juwe, and you know an approximation most of the times is to the lower limit. You can't approximate something which is una guess so that you, you are safe. So that two trillion galaxies is just a small number. And you know what? Our, our galaxy, the Milky Way, is one of the smallest galaxies. And yet this galaxy, they say it has over 100 billion solar systems. 100 what? Not two solar systems, 100 billion solar systems. And then our solar system has how many planets? Huh? Our solar system has 10 planets. And then, Jaya Nikasema, Kutokapa Mpaka Mbasa Nikaribu, please, Anza Kutambia Namugu Kama Nikaribu, because Unachelewa, Anza Tusai. If you can try walking by foot from here to Mombasa, you can take like approximately two weeks or one and a half. By Mugu. By Mugu. Kama, kama when ni are friends from the highlands. Kini kama unatoka hii side na hii side na uko kwetu, when one month. So imagine Mombasa is, that, is not that near. And this is just our country, Kenya. Now take Africa then take the, the planet Earth, and then now let's go back to the solar systems, and the solar systems are over 100 billion, and then now let's go to, that is just one galaxy, now let's go to two, two trillion galaxies. And God said, let there be, and they existed. He just said, by the word of mouth, let there be. microphone is If I say this micro, it can't. But God said, let there be. And all those things existed by the word of mouth. And he says, if you want to be great, this is how to be what? All those things are sustained by the word of his power. He's the one who sustains. So if we want to be great, there is no any other formula. God himself has showed us the formula. Be a servant. Because God is the greatest of servants.
in the whole universe, there is no one who can outdo God in servanthood. And he is the greatest. So I'm, I'm asking you, friends, how many of you wakati mepewa pepa zakat alafu unauliza rafiki yako uko na ngapi? Nikona 30 out of 30. And you are, you are thinking of your two, of th uh, 2 out of 30. But you are like, congratulations, congratulations. Lakini there is something in your heart. You have 2 out of 30 and your friend has 30 out of 30. And so, if we don't know the meaning of being great, uh, our lives will be full of envy. Our lives will be full of sadness. Because all the time we will be comparing ourselves with who? With other people. So this is how to be great, friends. Have you ever summarized something? This is what I want to do now. Someone who has a pen, please help me with one. Yeah, so. Oh, thank you. So let's go to the book of. Let's go to the book of um, Job. Job, or rather we will go to the book of Genesis chapter 22, and then we'll come to Job, we'll go to Matthew, after Matthew, um, oh, we will, be, we will be good. So, God is too great, and to be honest, we are not great. That, that is the, to be very honest, we are not great. But God is too great. And his, Jesus told his disciples that if you want to be great, be, be a what? Be a servant. And the reason why we become servants is so that, is, is not that we can be highly esteemed of people. But because in servanthood, there is satisfaction. If we do our best at the lowest level, this number is around 800 or 700. If you can decide one day that you come here and help the deacons to do something wholeheartedly, and you clean this place, and then you go. You are not a deacon, you are not anything, but you just decide. Because this is all about stewardship, servanthood. Do you know what Satan did in heaven? He wanted to be God. He wanted to be great in heaven, and he left this formula. God created Lucifer the best in intelligence. The best in beauty and what? And handsomeness if, if there is a term like that. But Lucifer instead revolted against God and he wanted himself to be what? To be the king. And God was looking at him. And this is why the Bible says whoever uplifts himself will be done what? Will be abased. It is automatic. You will be abased. And whoever goes low will go where? Will go up. 
So Satan wanted to be God by killing God himself. Because Jesus, when he was here on this planet, says that he was a murderer. In John 8.44, we will not read. He says he was a murderer from the beginning. And he was saying that Satan was a murderer from the very beginning. The reason why Satan could not kill God is because God could not die. God has no beginning and he has no what? He has no end. So how can you kill someone? How can you bring an end of someone who has no beginning? I think the assignment there is to go and look for his beginning first before you come and bring his end. And then when you start looking for his beginning, you'll never come back because he has no beginning. So God could not die. And because all creation were wondering, what, what is happening? Then Jesus took a beginning and it is written, God with us, Emmanuel. A son shall be born and he shall be called who? And immediately he was born, Satan entered into Herod. And all the children under two years were done what? He wanted to kill God in heaven. Now he has taken a beginning. Immediately, after three months, do you know who was the target? Jesus. And then another time he entered the Pharisees and they wanted to stone Jesus. And this one time he got an opportunity. And Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. You wanted to kill me in heaven. Now you've gotten me. He died on the cross. But lest you think that he died for that war. He died for you and me. Because we were to die, never to come back. But because he is the servant of all, he is the greatest. He, Jesus could have just done like this. And all the soldiers, water, vanished into water. All of them. But he restrained himself. And he allowed himself to be done what? To be nailed. And So this is the formula of being great, being the servant of all. Um, we are not great, but God is very great. So how can we be great? Another thing is we need to worship God. The reason why God gave us worship is so that we may share in his what? In his greatness. Because worship is a service. God wanted to share. He created us in his own likeness and what? So we cannot outdo God in anything. But because he created us in his own image and likeness, we have to worship him so that we can tap into his greatness. And this is why you'll see all the greatest men in the Bible, they were worshippers. And John says, God is looking for true worshippers who will worship him in truth and what? He, he, he is too great. He wants to share his greatness with humanity. And you know what, friends? God is, the Bible says God is love. And love is the highest form of servanthood. That's why nobody cannot do God in what? In servanthood. So when we read the story of Job, Job was the greatest in the East. When we read the story of Abraham, Abraham was the greatest in his, in his place. 
He was actually like a king, though he was not a king. And the book of Genesis 22, Genesis 22, verse 5, says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the earth, and I and the Lord will go yonder and worship and come against to you. Yeah. I and the Lord will go and worship. For those who have not been here for the whole week, uh, I'll have to rush through this because we said something yesterday which will be very important. That a steward must be a worshiper. It's not optional. If you have to be great, because a steward is, is great already, he has been given what? Things by the master to take care of. So if you want to be great, you need to be a worshiper of God. And Abraham said, Abraham, Abraham was told by God to go and offer his son, his only son Isaac. Yet God had promised that the seed will come through who? Isaac. And here God is demanding that God to Isaac, I mean Abraham to go and offer who? To go and offer Isaac. So Abraham came out in the words of Pastor Churchill. Abraham came out and he looked into the skies and he says, God, you promised me that this son called Isaac will be the, the father of all these nations because he came from me. And now you are saying that I go and sacrifice this. And for three days when they were traveling, they said nothing to each other. They were silent. Three days. And then when they opened their mouths, when the son opened his mouth, he says, Abraham says, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And then he says, we are going to worship. We will come back. And he knew very well that he was going to take a knife and slaughter his child and cut him into pieces to offer him an offering for God. But he said, we are going to do what? To worship. The same, same thing that we see with Job in the book of Job chapter 1, verse 16, 17, 18, evil. That sad news were coming to Job one after another. While this one was not yet done, another one came with sad news. While this one was not yet done, another one came with sad news. You can read that in the book of Job chapter 1. And we also saw in the book of Matthew that Aphorophoenician Syrophoenician woman went to Jesus requesting that Jesus to heal what? To heal her daughter who was grievously vexed with demons. And Jesus blue ticked that woman. And then another thing, the disciples of Jesus came and said what? For those who were here yesterday. And they said, chase her away because she's making noise for? And then when Jesus opened his mouth, he said, I am not sent but to give bread to who? To the children. I cannot take bread which is meant for children and give it to what? To dogs. So, umekua blue ticked. The disciples of Jesus have come and said, chase her away, she's making noise for us. And when Jesus opens his mouth, he says, I cannot take food which is meant for children and give it to what? If it were you. That church is yours. But do you know what the woman did? Which book was that? Matthew chapter? Matthew chapter 15 verse? Please let's read that one and then we will, uh, we will be wrapping off. Matthew chapter 15.22 quickly. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, 
have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil, but he answered her not a word. Blue ticked, uh -huh. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she crieth after us. So disciples come and say, she's making noise, send her away. Verse, the next verse 24. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus says in another version in Mark, he says that I have not been sent to send to give children's food for what? For the dogs. And then the next thing that that woman did was what? She came and worshipped. Then that woman came and worshipped. After those three sad news, that woman came and worshipped. If we will know how God is great, there is no alternative to God. There is no alternative whatsoever to God. This woman knew this secret that God is God, not because he answers our prayers, but because he is sovereign. And the woman, after having been blue-ticked, and Jesus did this because she was testing the faith of the woman. And Jesus later says, I have not seen a faith like this one. So the woman came and worshipped. The same, same, we've read also in Job, that Job in the book of Job 120, Job went and did what? And worshipped. So, look friends, worship is the greatest thing that we can, we can ever do as, as God's creation. Because he is too great. When we worship him, we become part and, papa, part and parcel of what? Of his purpose. I'm, I'm restrained. I beg that we read Exodus 35 verse 5. Exodus 35 verse 5. I began at 12.22. Exodus 35 verse 5, quickly. Someone to be ready with Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. And then, um, yeah, at least my heart now is, is free. 35.5 Exodus, mm -hmm. take you from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple yeah. and scarlet. Yeah, just, just stop there. Thank you so much. So I if I had time, I would have told you that worship cannot be complete unless we give. If I had time, I would have proved from the scriptures that worship cannot be complete unless we do what? And God does not ask us to give what we don't have. If you read Exodus chapter 35 verse 5, he says, give what you do what? What you have. Don't give what people think you have. You can be a CEO, but the whole village of orphans are looking upon you. And so your net salary does not indicate you are, you are CEO-ness. Give from what you do what? So we see here that God was telling these people that give from what you have. If you don't have a lamb, God said, chukua unga, just a cup of flour. Chukua unga and go and give that one. Do not go to God's house empty-handed. Because worship cannot be complete unless there is giving. And God does not ask too much from us. He is the greatest giver. He is the greatest servant of all. He sustains this universe. And he has shown us the way. Have you ever seen a dog? Unapea mfupa. 
Alafu mbo inafanya nini? Inaanza kukula mfupa. So when you are going for that bone, you just want a piece of that bone. Only a piece. The dog gets angry. Why? See, you are the person who gave that dog the what? The bone. Do you know we Christians sometimes we are like that? God gives us something and then when he says, I want only 10%, not the 90. Imagine if he said the 90 because all things belong to him, including ourselves. Just imagine, Saitu ngekua tunatoa tithe 90%. 90% tithe and offerings. And then you manage the 10%. Every time they stand here, they are just asking for tithe and offerings. So God is wondering. He says, this is the way that I have showed you. That if you have to be great, this is the only way. Because he himself has showed us an example of greatness. And uh, Moses was asked by God, what do you have in your hands? And he said, a what? A stick. And God said, drop it down. And it turned out to be a what? And then God said, now hold. How many of us have seen a snake as big as me? By show of hands, they do exist, as exist, they exist in some hot areas like Ukambani, and while going that other side, they do exist. So imagine holding a snake by the tail. <laughs> These small snakes, you can take one by the tail, and then you, before it coils itself and uh, bites you, you una do you get me? <laughs> you are trying to. So, yeah, I'm seeing your reaction. It is risky. It is very risky. Now, God told uh, uh, Moses, take the snake by what? By the tail. <laughs> if there is something which is dangerous to hold, <laughs> I can tell you for sure because I have experience. It's the tail of a snake. And Moses took that risky business and held the snake. So when we give, even when we don't have that little which we have, he does not ask for everything. In fact, the Bible says he asks for that which we are willing to give. That which you are willing, not by coercion or by being forced, that which you are willing to give, God is asking for that one. So that nobody can complain that I've been coerced to do what? To give. And let me come to a conclusion because I've realized that uh, the time that I could have done, uh, could have let's go to the book of Philippians. Um, now we, we, next time when I prepare someone, I'll not prepare it for, for, for long. Still, yeah, so now let's read Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brethren, mm -hmm. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which, which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Yeah, so we will finish with that verse, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. But before we finish, someone might be having something in his heart like, now I have known the truth, that the only way to be great is to do what? Is to become a servant. 
And the only way we can worship God in truth and is when we give something for his cause. Because it's not, it's not anybody's request that we give, but God's himself. And how do we begin? When God was creating the world, the Bible says in the beginning, the world was empty and what? And formless. So every beginning, most of the times, actually all of the times, is empty. And if you don't appreciate the word empty, you need to have an empty mind during an exam. Then you'll appreciate empty things. <laughs> Every beginning is what? Is empty. And if you, that word empty does not make a lot of sense, try one day entering an exam with an empty mind. Or having an empty wallet. Empty things are not nice. So every beginning is what? Is empty. Because even when God was started creating his world, the Bible says the world was formless and what? And empty. So, start now. The solution for everything. Now, this one cuts across all the, um, the challenges that we have. If you have to mend anything, the time to start is when? Is now. And for those who have a problem with procrastination, you say, Kesho. Kesho. Four hours na tumia kusoma unit. And then Kesho inafika, let me go to the washroom, alafu nitarudi. Ukirudi unafika, ah, mwenena wapi njokerio? Ku, ha? Chafua? Ah, twelve. Twelve p.m. Twelve p.m. Unenda unachafua, ukitoka huko, you find guys are going to, eh, I didn't know kumbe kuna, Evening imefika, umechoka, umeoga, and kesho, kesho. <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll wake up at four. You, you actually put an alarm. You actually put an alarm. So that tomorrow when it comes, when tomorrow comes, Ukiamuka ni sangapi? You see... <laughs> So the solution for procrastination is you have set for yourself uh, maybe a goal which is too high. You have set for yourself a goal which is too high. Now your mind is afraid of that, of that goal. Every time it says, uh -uh, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow. Because you want to study for four hours. You want to study the whole topic. But try this. Just tell your mind, I'm going to read for 10 minutes. Only 10 minutes. It worked for me, but it was late. I was done with school. <laughs> Just tell your mind I'm going to work for how many minutes? Ten. Ten minutes. And when you start, because now you have told your mind that I'm going to only work for these ten minutes, your mind now relaxes that the work now is not what? Is not as huge as, as I thought. So you begin. After You realize that the ten minutes have gone like... And you say, ah... Okay. So I said after 10 minutes, I will, be done by, I will be done with this. Should I continue or should I now go and do something else? You realize you've gained momentum. Now you say, let me put another 10 minutes. You set an alarm. After the 10 minutes, you're like, hey, the work is good. It's progressive. I'm understanding these things. Let me put another alarm. 10 minutes. And that's how 30 minutes have been, have been achieved of your reading. 
God did not create the whole world in one day. He created in how many days? In six days. He was showing us an example that we need to divide our work into what? Into small achievable what? So how can we be good stewards if we don't know how to do what? So you have this big goal, break it into small, uh, into small achievable goals. And the Bible says, he who is faithful in little will be faithful in what? If you are faithful in those 10 minutes and your concentration is on, is on that particular task, if you are faithful in that, I assure you you will be faithful in much. Amen? And listen, friends. Little things are little. Everyone knows that little things are little. But faithfulness in little things is not a little thing. Everybody knows that little things are little, but faithfulness in little things is a great thing. After describing how the universe is, how do you think this planet of ours is in the sight of God? The two trillion galaxies and the 100 billion solar systems. And then we come to the planets in all the universe. And then we come to what? To our continent. Then we come to our country. You, this country of ours is like, it's not even like a sand. It's something. And then imagine if this continent of ours is like something so minute. Imagine our country, Kenya. It's like a dust. Imagine now you. Imagine me. And then imagine God knows the number of your hair. From all the greatness that he is, he can even know the number of your hair, the number of our hair. God is a genius in details. So when we overlook these little things, you know what, friends? We are not like God. I wish I knew this long time ago. My story would have been different. But you have time to change things right now. We need to be stewards of God in time. Actually, if somebody gives you today $86,400, what will you do? And then he tells you that $86,400, it will be gone. Never to see it again. What will you do? You will spend it, in fact, you will spend it wisely because you know this is the only chance I have with this $86,400. And if I don't utilize it well now, I will live to do what? Imagine God gives us 86,400 seconds every day. 86,400 seconds each day. And they ticked. And you know what? We will never see again those seconds. If we are holding unto God and worshiping him no matter what, then we shall see the eternity that he has promised for us. Now, the secret is to be faithful in the little things. Faithfulness in little things is a great thing. Because it is faithfulness in the little things that where the strength actually lies. The good God, to, to the good God, nothing is little because he is so great and we are so small. So nothing to God is, is, is small. Because if we were to compare the things he has made and how we are, we are so small. But nothing to God is small. And so a good steward will be 
faithful in giving because in worshiping God, we share in his greatness. A good steward will do all these things that we have said. And if now you have not been doing these things, you need to be a good steward of your body. The Bible says your body is not your own. God is a genius of beauty. God is a genius of handsomeness. God is a genius and intelligence the highest ever. And he did not give us those things for our own glory, but for service. And that service is serving others. If you have a voice to sing, that voice is not yours. If you have a talent that you can do, a good steward utilizes the things that God has given him. And if you have not been doing that, there is hope for you. There is hope for you because God says he forgives. And when we read Philippians now, we are finishing. Philippians 3.13. I promise that to Kifika Philippians 3.13, I'll be done. Philippians 3.13 says, forgetting what? Forgetting? Brethren, count it not, I, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do what? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. This is, this is something that is written in the Bible that we ought to do. If you have something that you regret of in the past, once you have repented and you have turned away from your sin, the Bible says, do what? Forget what is behind and reach for the things which are what? So if you will not forget those things, because God says he forgives and he forgets, he casts your sins to the farthest what? You will not be obeying God. And now, endeavor to be a good steward. Amen? Endeavor to be a good steward from now henceforth. Because if you look back we said yesterday, there is no what to protect what? The back. If you look at all the armor of God, we have the helmet, we have the breastplate, we have the shield, we have the belt, we have shoes. But is there anything that protects the back? There is nothing to protect the back. So in this warfare that we are in against good and the, 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 the war between good and evil, there is no looking back. Because the moment you look back, there is, no, there is nothing to protect your what? If you look back to your sin, there is nothing to protect your back. You are at the mercy of the enemy. And we have seen that the enemy wants to kill, to destroy, and to finish. So once you've forgotten the past, and you've believed in Jesus, then the Bible says do what? Look unto the author and the finish of your faith. That is the only hope I can give for all of us, myself, included. Because if you will ask me if there are things that I will do, Saini Rudishwe first year, I will tell you I will do some things differently. And there are only three. Number one, I did valued people, but I will have valued, I wish I valued people more than how I valued them. And number two, I wish everything that my hand found to do I did it to my level best. Let's pray.
we thank you, Almighty God, for this wonderful time you've given us. Um, we pray that you may be with us. We pray, Lord, that you may move with us. Help us to worship you in truth and in spirit. And the desire and the meaning which you put in our hearts for greatness. You created us in your, in your own image and you made us to be like kings just as it will be when you come back. We pray, Lord, that you may make all things come to be according to your will. And let us not have pride in anything. Let us have the humility of Jesus. Let us have the humbleness that God, who is too great, yet he can afford to be a servant of all the universe by providing and giving all things that are required for us. Therefore, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you may heal us from our selfishness. You may heal us from our self and pride. You may heal us from envy when we see others succeed and we have not succeeded like them. Help us to be like Job and to be like the Syrophoenician woman that we may worship you even when things do not go our way or things go the way we did not expect. Help us to cling to you even the more. And for the few minutes that we've been hearing your word, we pray, Lord, that you may enforce your word in our hearts so that we may be just like Jesus. This is our humblest prayer in Jesus' name.